Welcome back, Golden Bear fans. Port and Shoddy are back for another episode of the CSP Bears podcast. And we won't waste any time this week. We'll just jump right into things. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we were last on, and uh, a couple seasons wrapped up, and some seasons are still going on. So uh, I'll turn it over to Port here to, to talk a little bit about the end of the CSP volleyball season. You know, it was it, it was a tough one. Uh, but the ladies battled their tails off, um, as we expect them uh, to always do, because it's, it's just what they do. But they did lose a tough one in, in the regional championship to an undefeated Nebraska Kearney team, uh, so, so props to them. But we battled really hard. Um, Shadi and I were both watching the match live, and we were getting into it, and we were pulling for them. Um, but I think we've all heard it before, only one team can win at the end of the year. And uh, that's, that's the way it goes sometimes, but... The best thing they can do from it is uh, is learn from it and, and move on and try and get better. And um, yeah, man, it, you know it was, it was a tough loss, but uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All you can do is leave it all out on the court and and move on. Yeah, another another great year with the young team. So they are certainly no uh, battle tested now and ready ready for the the upcoming season, um, which seems like a far uh, far away. But you know it's going to be coming up before they know it no doubt uh so men's basketball they're off to a relatively hot start here they open their conference play this weekend at home uh with a split to a tough sioux falls team and a win over southwest minnesota state uh eric johnson seems like he's leading his team uh off to a great start um and you know they are looks like they're going back on the road this weekend for some more nsic competition where a little take on actually tomorrow friday they'll be taking on upper iowa and saturday versus winona state so be sure to follow along online on the website you'll have the live stream so uh right fun on. to watch for sure for sure and then the women's basketball team uh is sitting at a record of four and four uh they're one and one in conference uh they did lose a tough one to sioux falls in the gangelhoff center uh 62 57 uh, but they were able to bounce back the, the next night, beating Southwest Minnesota State in a tight one, pulling off an 82-79 victory. And the women's squad is also going on the road to uh, the same place, I believe, as the men's basketball team, Upper Iowa and Winona State. So good luck, ladies. Uh, good luck, uh, men and women's programs. Uh, go get them. And a quick note here, the men and women track and field, uh, they're fresh off the SDSU Holiday Invitational, where they combined for 13 top 10 finishes. And the highlight of the event, Hannah Gustafson broke the CSP weight throw record and is currently ranked fifth in the nation in that competition. So a very well-earned uh, award for her, and we're looking forward to them. They'll be uh, taking, they'll resume action in January 11th at the University of Minnesota. So set your calendars for that. Here we go. Here we go. And uh, with all that being said, we'd like to welcome our special guest today, very special guest uh, the head strength and conditioning coach at Concordia University St. Paul, Eric Overland. Welcome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Shadi, let's let's dive right into it. Let's get rolling. So uh, just a quick question to start us off. Uh, so give us some of the context of just where you grew up and we know uh, we know that you you ended up playing football at Winona State uh, in the conference here, obviously. Uh, so just kind of give some context where you grew up and, and what, what played in your decision to, to attend Winona. Sure. Well, uh, I grew up in Waseca, Minnesota. It's, uh, I mean, south, probably about an hour and a half or so from here. Yeah. Um, played football, basketball, and ran track down there. Graduated back in the 90s. Uh, but Winona was, uh, you know, one of the schools that was, was obviously interested in me. But I had a, a real close friend of mine that he and his wife, now wife, um, played uh, basketball and volleyball in New Richland, Minnesota, and they had both um, gone to Winona. So uh, went out there, and when I visited out there, obviously having them out there, they were a uh, different town, but uh, we, the, the three of us all went to the same church, and so we knew each other through uh, that and, and stuff. So that was, a, that was one of the things that kind of opened me up to it. Um, also, southeast Minnesota is where my family's from. My, my paternal side is from Lanesboro, and my maternal side is from Spring Grove. So familiar with the area yeah rushford i mean i got family you know caledonia it's like winona within an hour is like 90 percent of my my family so it was you know even though i was two and two and a half hours away from my parents or or whatever about two hours away i was i was right there with uh with all my other family and stuff so no doubt and did you look at other schools or was it just 
Yeah, yeah. Winona was kind of the one just because you grew up around there and were familiar with the area and you had yep. a lot of friends who probably went there. Probably the top three were, were Winona, uh, River Falls, and then Bethel. That would kind of what I narrowed it down to. So, um, yeah, so kind of the general area and whatnot. Right on, right on. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask about your, your football experience at Winona. Uh, is that something you look back on and, and are grateful for, or uh, is it something, you know, now it's just something in the past? Well, I mean, you know, you always look back in your college career, and, and there's a lot of, you know, good things that come out of it. You know, you made a lot of good friends. Um, no matter what sport you play, you know, uh, you, you remember very, very few scores, uh, you know, from, from the time that you played. You remember a few plays here and there, but uh, it's all the times, you know, that, that 10, 15 minutes before meetings, before practice starts or the road trips or things like that. That's where you're really developing the, the real relationships. And, uh, you know, that's where you're really getting to know your teammates. And that's, that's something you can never get, uh, you know, taken back, you know. And that's what I, I, I don't think that a lot of young kids realize how awesome that stuff is. I mean, even though I love the weight room, I don't remember a whole lot of workouts. But I remember us, you know, you know, joking around before workouts and after workouts and, and, and things like that. Or just, uh, you know, when a guy's about to go for a PR, or, you know, and I, I, I do remember one time I, I picked up the bar for, we're doing Hanklings, we're maxing out the Hanklings. I picked it up and like, you know, all my teammates stopped and they all, you know, it was about 50 guys huddled around my, or circled up around my uh, uh, platform. They were just, they were getting, going crazy getting after me and, and oh, yeah. I'm just trying to get that, get that lift. And it's, you know, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that you remember. You remember that, that relationship. You remember that, that, that kind of bonding. And that's what, that's what brings you back together again. I still keep in contact with a lot of my teammates. And, you know, we talk a little bit about games here and there, but it's, uh, that's, not, that's not the majority of our conversation. When we reminisce, we reminisce about the, you know, the other fun times and stuff. So, For sure. Yeah, you could go, you could go 0-11 or 11-0, but that's what you remember. Yep. It yeah, really I mean, is. I, the only thing I really remember from, from records is, I mean, I remember, you know, some games here and there, but for the most part, you know, I remember that we won three conference championships and lost one, you know, so. That's a, Pretty so solid career. Solid I mean, career as, far yeah. as, as far as records, I don't really remember. Uh, I remember a couple wins and a couple losses, but other than that, I can't break them all down. What position did you play? Defensive end. Defensive end. Yeah, yeah. Get to the quarterback. Yeah, I, I was... <laughs> Not not even remotely close to as good as Chris Garrett, but, you know, I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all you can ask for. That is all you can ask for. Well, growing up, did you play multiple sports? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. mostly football? Yep, football. Uh, like I said, uh, in high school, it's football, basketball, and uh, I didn't do track until my junior year. The basketball co- or excuse me, the track coach actually watched uh, basketball and uh, just saw that I could jump and tried to get me to come out for a high jump. So finally, my he j- wore me down my junior year, and I... I did it. Turns out I'm great jumping off of two feet. Not so good off of one. And uh, <laughs> but uh, I ended up being pretty good at hurdles, so I ended Oof. up doing that. So uh, did baseball up until you know kids started to be able to throw anything besides a fastball. I was like Serrano from uh, Major League. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Straight ball I hit very much. You know? <laughs> right, curveball not so much. Yeah. Joe Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Boo knew like curveball. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Well, cool. Well, uh, building off of that, since you said you played multiple sports. Now, as a strength and conditioning coach, having played multiple sports growing up, does that help you put together a workout plan for different teams? And obviously, I'm sure you did all sorts of studying and how to prep different workout plans for different sports. Does that help just having an an understanding of uh, the biomechanics of each sport? Oh, for sure. Growing up as a kid, I mean, you know, you play different sports. You know what you have to do and what your body goes through. Yeah, and I, I didn't even say just that, but, uh, you know, there's so many different, I guess, styles, for lack of better terms, you know. I mean, a lot of people are, are familiar with, you know, bodybuilding. You know, there's a lot of bodybuilding splits where, you know, Monday's, you know, chest and back or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of CrossFit. And, uh, you know, what I always tell young strength coaches is that, you know, between those and, and, and you know, there's, there's other ones out there, but uh, you got to know – when to and how to implement each of those because each of them may or may not sometimes they don't have a place in uh in workouts and so that's one of the biggest things is is knowing how to use um some of the different styles and all that but like you said um knowing the sport specifics because everybody has every position or excuse me every sport has a different you know needs you know you talk about baseball obviously that's a very rotational sport but even within that there's some differences as well because you got hitters who there's a lot of uh, you know power you know coming from 
the rotational aspect when they swing the bat. But right. Same thing with the pitcher, and then not only that, but you know their 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 job is so much anterior out in the front. It's it's just a lot of forward motion, forward motion, forward motion. That if we don't work that that posterior chain, the backside, you know, we're just we're setting them up setting them up for for injury. And then not only that, but uh, you know we we work movements and we work we work to to to, to put balance back in the body. So. Uh, you know, our pitchers will do biceps, triceps, and forearms. Well, because we're trying to get them to look yoked. Uh, maybe a little bit, you know. It's, <laughs> it's nice to look good in the jersey. <laughs> no, absolutely. But, uh, but, uh, but the reality is that, you know, we're trying to uh, prevent Tommy John, you know, and, and, and strengthening the muscles around that area. And then obviously working really close with Joe and, uh, you know, talking specifically baseball. But uh, working with the athletic trainers, just, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just, uh, you know, putting uh, exercise down on a piece of paper and telling the kids to go get it. You know, you really want to, uh, uh, you know, zero in on what what they need from a from a sport specific standpoint but not only that but team by team you know if you get you know I mean this year for baseball for example it was it's a lot of new people a lot of new people so um right it's going to be different next year when we have a lot of people returning you know there's that's a young young freshman yeah so it's depending on the age of the group and so it's it's not just sport specific but there's also something called training age as well so people with a younger training age you know are going to require something a little bit different from somebody who's got a higher training age has been training for for a number of years so uh, once we get from, from my standpoint having only been here for five months for for all intents and purposes everybody is a what i would call a beginner in a training age no matter what sport we're talking about just because yeah they're trying to learn, you know, a new exercise that we're trying to teach them. We're trying to learn it. I'm very particular about how they move the bar because moving the bar correctly you know, puts them in the safest position, but uh, it also helps maximize their skill set as well. So we want to have good technique, kind of find that fine line between being patient in that, but also being progressive because we are trying to, again, keep them healthy, but we're also trying to maximize the, uh, them on the, on the court or on the field or, or, or what have you. So um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big factor into it. But as time goes on, you know, two, three, four years, whatever down the road, um, we may have within, we'll just keep talking baseball, within the baseball team, we may have we may have two, three, four different programs going on at one time just because, again, pitcher, position, you know, freshman, junior, senior. Right, the freshman, you might have to slowly work them into it, maybe start with technique, and then the seniors 100%. who might already know what they're doing, they're, Get they're getting after it pretty yeah. good, yeah, I like from the, the get-go. Yeah, I like to use the example from a basketball standpoint. You, you give a kid a basketball for the first time, and you know, you're not going to – day one teach them how to do a crossover you have to teach them how to dribble with their right hand then teach them how to dribble with their left hand once they feel comfortable with that they can cross over well now you got to start having forward progress so you're not gonna have them sprint right away you got to have them jog a little yeah bit. So there's, that's a good point there's always processes and things like that so it's 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 about and that's that's really where a lot of the individualization individualization comes into play is kind of seeing where a kid is at so you might have you know you might have one you know one team they all have a the same workout but at the same time you know again depending on their training age, you, you're going to change up some small aspects and things like that. But then you find a kid, hey, you've got a little bit more uh, tightness in the hips. Here's one you know, small tweak that we're going to make to your workout. And it's, it, that's where things become a lot more individualized. It's not you know, me sitting down with 35 baseball players, taking one kid one by one and writing a new workout for everyone. It's yeah. not, that's not, you know, it's not feasible. It is, but yeah. Well, also, yeah, not feasible. But uh, at the same time, it's, you know, we're training them for a certain reason that's to play to play baseball and for the most part 80 90 percent of it is going to be similar but then once we get to know the kid get to know their bodies same thing talk with the athletic trainers you know find out their their injury history or and hopefully trying to prevent a lot of injuries as well so yeah just watching how they move right so fall or just a couple of side notes to that so i mean you're dealing with up to possibly 16 sports at concordia or so i mean First of all, how do you find the time to, you know, you're starting from scratch. Obviously, you're taking your experience from Wayne State and bringing it here. But how do you, you know, you have one team. Give us an example of, of what it looks like making their making a workout plan for a specific team and how the heck do you have time and, and what help do you have? Well, you never really try to find time. You can't ever, you know, you'll never find the time to do anything. So <laughs> you always got to make the time. But uh, there's that little part of me that... Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very uh, uh, aggressive with my own self. I want to be the best that I can be so I can help my athletes be the best that they can be. And so there's that part where it's like you just you just got to be patient and, and trust. We tell them to trust the process. I also got to trust the process, you know. So um, it is leaning back on the multiple years of experience uh, uh, doing things. And, you know, I've been blessed with the opportunities to work with multiple different sports over the last, you know, 13 
years in the college and then even before that, uh, you know, personal training and stuff like that. So um, it's, you just, you know, it's just like the kids going through finals right now. You know, you can sit there and you can, you can dwell on the fact that, hey, I've got a lot of work to do or you can just get to work, you know. And I've, I've told my wife that, and uh, especially I had, I had a graduate assistant, and he was uh, blessed to get an opportunity to go to Eau Claire and get a full-time job. Obviously, that's what we're, that's what we're doing it for. So, of course, right. you know, encourage him to make the decision that he feels like is best for him. So I had his help for first half of the semester, and after that, and he was, he was nice enough to help me with the programming uh, uh, to finish out. So he took, his, he took his sports all the way up, so that was helpful. But, um, um, but you know, my wife and other people ask, you know, what's, you know you're, you're all by yourself for these the last half of the semester, you know, how are you going to deal with it? You know, I mean, are you, are you getting stressed? And I just, I'm not going to th- sit and think about getting stressed because if I sit and think about getting the stress, that takes away from the time I have to actually get down and get to work. So that's why, that's why I try to do. I'm very, uh, this is not very, this is not natural for me. Um, but I, I, I do have a, a huge task list that I just put things down on. And as when I drive home, uh, the first 15 minutes of my drive home, I just sit there and I think, all right, God, what can I do better? What could I have done better today? And what do I need to get, make sure I get done tomorrow? And I just kind of go through my mind and make some, uh, as I'm thinking uh, about what what needs to get done, I'll just you know Siri's my personal assistant. Siri, remind me to <laughs> blank and and then uh, the next yeah, next morning the first first five minutes I come in here, I sit down, I go through my reminders, I type them in, and now that helps me plan my day. So it just it just takes away because you know when, when you're so busy, just sitting down and sitting in your office and just thinking like, all right, what do I need to get done? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take care of that business on the front end uh, so that when you know when I have. I get done with a group, you know, talk with the athletes a little bit, and then come in here and I get to work on the next thing, you know, and I've just got that, cha- that, that task list. So. Yeah, and that routine. Yep, yep, we just got to. Well, building off of that, and that's actually one of our questions, you are talking about your drive home every day, yeah. which I think is, is very cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's very interesting. I love hearing that. What's, what's the one thing, or maybe you have a couple things, that has you smiling driving home every day? What's kind of the one thing, you know, you go to work, you get in your car afterwards and you're smiling. What's kind of that one or two things that might happen that day that, that, that gets you smiling on your way home? I mean, like, I, like, this is why I do this. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You the, know? The, the thing I love about uh, strength and conditioning is that, especially in a situation here where I get to work with multiple teams and oversee you know, multiple teams, is that you get a lot of interaction with a lot of kids in that 18 to 22 years old. You know? And I think back to, to my time in college and there were some uh, so great men and women that uh, that invested their time and, and and energy into me, you know. And uh, sometimes it didn't always feel like they were for me, you know. Yeah. But that's part of that's part of the growth process. And so it's 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 just those times when you get to sit down and the kids, you know, stressed about this, that, or the other thing, and uh, um, and just just sitting down and listening to them. And, yeah. and hopefully you can you know offer some some help or advice to help I- encourage them, whether it's athletically or even more so important academically or just as a, as a, as a person. And so that's, that's what I love doing is the, is the relational aspect and, and just hoping that, you know, I can honor the, the, the mentors that I've had over the year by, by being a mentor back to, to as many as I can, you know, one of, one of the things I read before I get in my truck to drive to work is, is, uh, you know, my, my passion in life is to do whatever I can to help others find their purpose and passion in life. As long as it doesn't interfere with me helping my family find their purpose and passions. And I read that every single day, not because I don't have it memorized. I do, obviously, I just said it, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I read it because I want to slow down. And I want to look at it, and I want to put my mind in the right uh, you know frame because I do have that opportunity to come in here and, and have an impact on people's lives, and and hope hoping that you know uh, that 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 they enjoy their experience when they leave here, you know. And I always joke with the kids. I said I think about eighty to ninety percent of the time you're going to enjoy your time in the weight room, but that other ten to twenty percent is me pushing you to a whole new level. And uh, I, I, I'm confident that in the end, when they, they do walk away, that um, that they're going to be happy with that ten to twenty percent as well, where you are pushing them to another level. Because that's really what really what life does to you. You know, whether you put yourself in that situation or you find yourself in that situation, we all go through tough tough times in, in life, and it's 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 nice to have uh, you know people alongside us to. Uh, to help carry us when we need to be carried, to push us when we need to be pushed, and just to throw your arm around you when, when you need uh, somebody to walk alongside you. And, and as much as we're able, you know, that's, uh, that's what we try to do. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I want to bring it back to uh, more of the beginning here and your path to get here because obviously uh, you made a few more stops that we have not talked about. So uh, can you give us a rough, uh, you know, from the time you're – the work you did at Winona – 
uh, and your career path and, and all the stops you made to get to Concordia. Just kind of run sure. run the, the viewers through that so they kind of know uh, what was going on. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, um, I, guess I, gra- I think it was 02 I graduated from college. You know, <laughs> and, uh, right after that, uh, I, I worked at I worked at Perkins. I was a server, and that's when that's my wife and I got married. So that's how that's how I entered my married life as a server at Perkins. So there we go. Uh, that didn't come up in the conversation when I asked her her dad to give me your hand in marriage. <laughs> but uh, anyway, after that, I, I worked with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for uh, it was about three years. Um, during that time, I started doing personal training on the side. I just enjoyed. I've always enjoyed, you know. Uh, working out and uh, so I got to kind of you know do that on the side and uh, make a real long story short there was a a hockey alumnus from Notre Dame that um, saw me training guys uh, in the in the weight room uh, at the at the Rochester Athletic Club is where it was and he commented uh, on that and uh, just told me to let him know if if I was ever interested in an internship at Notre Dame and he connected me with his hockey strength coach who I mean it was it was Trust me, it's it's quite a process to work for free at Notre Dame. You <laughs> well, can only a, imagine. It was quite a. There was a lot that had to be done, and uh, uh, to to be able to get to that that point. But um, I was able to go down there after being a personal trainer for a little while, and volunteered for a few months. And um, I do have to give big credit to Greg, my boss at the athletic club, because he was very very. Uh, particular about how you cleaned like he wanted you to get your fingernail in every crease and crevice and like there was not a even a bit of dust anywhere that was acceptable in his eyes and so when I went down to to Notre Dame uh, as a volunteer first thing they did is they they handed me a a squirt bottle and a rag and told me to go clean and so I went and cleaned and I cleaned the exact way that Greg told me to clean and uh, to fast forward, when I ended up getting offered a paid internship position at, at Notre Dame, uh, they said that the, that was what stuck out to them was my attention to detail. So even though Greg, sorry if you're listening to this, Greg, but that was highly <laughs> annoying that you made me do all that. But uh, at the same time, it really did. Hey, uh, man. It helped me out, you know. Life and lesson. That's, I mean, that's what it is, you know. And, and I've taken that, that attention to detail that Greg uh, forced me into and, and it, it has helped me uh, significantly. So from there, at, uh, I, I interned for a year there, and uh, Coach Weiss uh, promoted me to full-time. Uh, so that's what I did for the last two and a half years before that coaching change happened. When that happened, uh, you know, um, Winona happened to have an opening, and so my strength coach, who still happens to be there uh, right now, um, offered me the uh, associate director position. So I took that uh, before going down to Abilene Christian down in Texas for four years, uh, went out to Liberty for just a year, and then to Wayne State in Detroit for a little over three, and then I've been here uh, ever since. And uh, kind of what brought me to Concordia, or, or when it stick out, is I've got five kids, you know, 14, 11, um, 9, 5, and 2. And for all intents and purposes, they've they've never been closer than, you know, about eight hours or whatever to grandpa and grandma, with the exception of that, that short stint in, uh, in Winona. And... You know, we did, we don't get to, we didn't get to come back for birthdays and, and vice versa. So that was that's always been a, a a pull, especially for my wife's heart. You know, she's um, real close to her family and whatnot. So I always told her that if the, a position opened up that I was interested in, I would uh, I would pursue it. And kind of the interesting thing about Concordia is that my my little brother actually went here as a freshman, <laughs> uh, and then he ended up transferring to Winona uh, with with me. But um, he was roommates with uh, James McNear. Um, they were, and, and so ever since then, oh, yeah. uh, James has become a very, very close family friend. I mean, I considered him a little brother to me. In fact, he and I talked for about a half hour last night on my drive home. We, we chatted for a little while. That's awesome. So we probably talk on the monthly. Uh, but, you know, when this position came open, I mean, it puts us uh, within about two hours from my wife's folks and about two uh, 2.15 from mine. And we're within about you know, a two hour radius of, of a good 80 to 90% of both of our families. And so just getting that opportunity, you know, in the five months we've been here, I think I, I'm pretty sure we've had more family interaction in the last five months than we have the last five years combined. You know, that's, that's, a, I'm not exaggerating. That's, that's pretty accurate. That's awesome. So, yeah. So that's, Sounds like you've worked in quite a few time zones and a lot of different gyms. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's kept you pretty yeah, been all around, man. Kept you real busy. So and then um, for you, what time was it when you knew that 
you're, you wanted your career path to be in strength and conditioning. When did you realize this is what I want to do? You know, I always, probably since about eighth grade when, uh, when I found that, you know, that little rowing machine that my mom had downstairs, you know, the 29 easy payments of 99, <laughs> whatever it was, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I found that and I, I asked if I could put it up in my room and I did and it, you could move it into multiple things, but I really got interested in that and then, uh, uh, just kind of so happened I did a uh, um, one of those uh, I forget, those temp temp services you know when, you know, when I was in eighth grade or ninth grade and uh, ended up going and cleaning uh, a weight room out and um, they ended up liking what I did there and so they gave me a, a job cleaning the weight room every every uh, every week and it just grew into um, a full time not full time but you know what after school job or whatever after after practice job and. Uh, that's when I really started getting interested in it. And then in college, I, I mean, I ate that stuff up. I ate it up all the time. And my, my strength coach, Coach Renardi, uh, you know, he was very instrumental in me getting into it. And it just, just kind of a natural progression. So I don't know when I'd say that it, you know, it's just, it's just been a, just a natural process where uh, it's just always been a part of my life. And just, you know, uh, I know that it was what helped, gave me an opportunity to even play in high school, let alone in college, uh, weight room. I mean, because... As a sophomore in high school, I was I was six two, a buck sixty five, you know, and uh, uh, you know I ended up putting forty yeah. pounds on, uh, you know, I was I was, little, I was about two hundred five, two ten, uh, my senior year in high school, and then uh, you know obviously college put some more weight on there, but I mean that's that's really what gave me a chance to to play. It's huge, it's huge hitting the so, weight room. Yep, it's hitting the weight room. I wish I would have started a little younger. You know, back in high school, I didn't take it serious at all. I hardly ever did it. And then you get here and it's like, Hey man, you gotta, you gotta put your work in and put muscle on. I came in yeah, like five, yeah. 10, 150 pounds. Yeah. Or you come in your freshman year and you leave your freshman year is probably the biggest, oh, I'd yeah. say personally, like the biggest amount of change you'll see in whether it's sport specific, getting better at your sport and your body changing, just yeah. right. Getting stronger. It's huge. And I think the biggest thing I took out of just the last five 10 minutes or so is um, how Notre Dame noticed how you cleaned the weight room. Yeah. And just that's what people notice and, and other people is just how they pay attention. You know, there those people pay attention to detail. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've heard lunch McKenzie say this year, how you do one thing is how you do everything. 100%. And it seems like you've, you've kept that going throughout your life. And yeah. I, I, I just love hearing that. It's, it's a cool story. Well, I think, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, do the same things, but you know, it's those who, pay attention to the small details in fact uh you know john wooden said that and uh as i'm talking i'll see if i can pull up the actual quote because i yeah, have it please uh, have it in here but please do you know big uh, big on the details because uh, the details is what's going to set you apart from from other people here it is right here it's the little details that are vital little things make the big things happen and i think that's spot on 100 yeah spot on i love it so this this is kind of a fun question and me and shoddy have actually had um a couple of discussions uh related to this what what separates because you've worked at all levels uh division one two three um uh, athletes of all levels student athletes of all levels what what separates division one division two and division three athletes is is it their work ethic like are division one athletes they just have better work ethic or is it just they have more god-given ability and that's what got them to go to a notre dame rather than a Concordia? Or is there really not that much difference in how they go about their business? Or is it they get to the school and then that's when their work ethic starts to build? Well, I mean, the, I think the, the, the quick, easy answer is that obviously you get to a BCS, you know, uh, level from a football standpoint, but very high, you know, I mean, baseball, you know, Coach Maneri was the baseball coach there and he's at LSU now. And obviously you see what he's done at, at LSU. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, all the sports, soccer, I mean, when I was at, at ND, uh, you know, the women's soccer went to two national championships, and I think it was the Elite Eight was the third year that I was there. I mean, so it's like, yeah. Uh, but the biggest difference from that standpoint is that you know, at, at, at Concordia here, we've got a lot of great athletes. Right. A lot of great athletes. You right. know what I'm saying? There's just more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, you know, the other thing, too, is that, you know, sometimes uh, you, you might get a kid that, that really has the speed. And the, and the skill to play at a Division One, but they come to you know a Division Two at Concordia because they don't quite have the size. Well, there's the weight room, you know, right? And that can propel them to another level, you know, uh, you know. And I mean, there, there's there's so many different factors, you know. Maybe they have the, you know, or, or maybe they they struggle with grades in high school, you know, right? For, for whatever reason. Yeah, there's also a lot of different get, variables. Yeah, so for sure, I think that's the biggest thing, you know. Uh, um, but you know, what I always tell 
everybody else is like from the workout from 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 the daily perspective it's it's the same you know they come in here they work out they go to practice they have academics they have academic support they have a they yeah. have all those things all those all those people still helping them out the biggest difference is that you know uh you know here we play in front of you know 8000 fans versus Notre Dame stadium was 85000 fans you know and that's right. really the only difference uh that from from my perspective that I see is just different size size crowds yeah I mean, different size school people you know there's there's good people at every every place i've ever been you know and and uh no just, doubt just working with those people so that's probably one of the biggest differences i think i think that answers it i don't know we've just shoddy and i have talked about it a, a decent amount and we just like you were saying there's a lot of different variables yeah. and there's there's a lot that could come into play but all right right on yeah right on uh, what do you got what do you got well i was just gonna go off your time at notre dame because i know this is where it started so you did it looked like more of the analytical side of the the training, or you know the the recording of the data and the mm-hmm. heart rates and and that. Uh, so obviously, I think the number one thing people think about when you're talk, talking to a strength and conditioning coach is, all right, what's this guy's max? How much yeah. can he bench? Yeah. How much can he squat? Can you talk about how you guys use you know the heart rate data and and any other data you guys are pulling for and what you're specifically looking for? Uh, on a conditioning side and yeah, how that's yeah. helpful to, to student athlete success for sure i mean i'll, I'll use a, a women's basketball example from another school i was at and we we're we had a heart rate monitor on on this a few of the ladies but uh one of the ladies she had struggled every year um passing the conditioning test and so i, I put the heart rate monitor on her and she did it and she passed it the first time first time she'd ever passed it in the first attempt you know yeah. And uh, she had the heart rate monitor on it. And so we talked about it afterwards. And, and uh, I said, you know, basically, what gives? What happened? And she said, you know, because what, what, what happened is she would run the rep, you know, and I would call the times out and all that. And then uh, what I would do is I had their, based on their heart rate max, I would let them know when they were in recovery. I would talk to them about taking, you know, uh, taking their, their recovery breaths and all that stuff to help them get into their uh, recovery zone a lot quicker and all that. And so we, it's the normal way you'd normally coach without a heart rate monitor on. But she said that, but what would happen is I would say, all right, you're in recovery. And so she said, every time you said I was in recovery, I was like, I am, I can do another one. And so just the mental, the mental side of it, just her knowing, you know, that she was in recovery. She never had a problem with conditioning after that ever again, you know, and, and, and to see that. Uh, so that's, that's one way you've used it. There's the, the psychological factor. Um, we always like using it for, um, our, our big boys coming in uh, football-wise, uh, we put it on a lot of the O-linemen and D-linemen uh, just because coming out of high school, you know, we don't know. They're, they're not in good conditioning and all that. So yeah. it allowed us to uh, push them to, to get better. But at the same time, when things started to get uh, too much or not too much, but just before that, we would be able to pull them back and uh, um, so that they're not uh, – putting themselves at harm's at harm's way so we were able to maximize their 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 time because usually what would happen is we would we'd uh, if we we're going to do let's say we we're going to do 10 reps of a conditioning drill we'd, we'd have a, a freshman they'd just do 10 uh, five of them and it, which would frustrate them because they're like well i want to compete i want to get better it's like well we also need to just play it on the safe side right well this allowed us to play it on the safe side and help you maximize your skill and, and, and I know kids appreciated that, and parents appreciate that too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, puts puts their uh, put their puts their heart at ease a little bit. Uh, another area we've used it is uh, kind of finding out how many calories you actually burn during uh, whether it's a lifting session, uh, a conditioning session, a speed session, or things like that. So, just stand up in front of uh, you know uh, guys and gals and just letting them know, like, hey, you burned you know 800 calories in this workout, or sometimes even in practice. You know, people, it's, 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 it's crazy. I, I think of an offensive lineman, uh, we put uh, the monitor on him during practice one day and he burnt 2,200 calories. Jeez. So we talked about that and then God. talked about, so I stood up in front of the group and I said, all right, if you are a skill uh, combo or a uh, um, lineman, these, this is approximately how many calories you burned and here's exactly how much food you need to just replace what you burnt out on the field. So fast forward to the next morning and I asked him, hey, what did you have for supper last night? He didn't eat what I recommended and just pointed out that you still have not recovered from your previous workout and you now are about to face another workout. Yeah. And it kind of dawned on him and he, make a long story short, he, he really started buying into that and, and changed things around, you know. And then uh, um, I can think of a distance runner too. We put, uh, put her on it and um, she looked at it too because she was just blown away 
because obviously distance runners aren't trying to bulk up, and we get that, of course. Yeah, you're not trying to, you, know, you don't need a, you know, uh, to be huge to be a distance runner. In fact, you right. don't want to be. I mean, that's a lot of stress on your joints already, let alone putting too much, you know, added weight on there. Right. And so just pointing out how many calories she was actually burning, it was it was kind of eye opening for her just to see like, oh, I need to replace these calories if I want to perform my best. And her injuries went down because she was putting the right calories back into her into her body. Whereas before she was she wasn't doing anything inappropriate. You no. know. It was just that she didn't realize. She just didn't have the information that she needed. And so that was one way we could put the information in front of her and yeah, it's it was great for her, you know. So Yeah, well, I was gonna piggyback off that and ask, I mean, nowadays, especially when we look at like just the parody of all sports is getting so much more even and uh, if you look at the Olympics, like track and field and swimming, every single you know four years, it seems like well, someone just broke another world record. Next next lap or next swim, someone broke another world record. With athletes, you know, getting so much bigger, stronger, faster in such a quick time, would you contribute that more to the strength side or the the data and analytical side? You were just kind of talking about you know the recovery, or is it a combination of truly both? Is just getting better every single year, and the developments are just crazy well i think i think it's just like everything there's a balance you know you can't point to one thing and then you know there's a another book i haven't i bought it but i haven't read it yet but uh, just talking about how the uh, you know sports surfaces help as well the shoes that we wear i mean oh, you yeah. think about i mean how much lighter you pick up a track spike and how much lighter is that from what it was even you know 20 years ago let alone 30 right. 40 years ago uh, track surfaces are different you know uh, there, there's so many there's so many things in, in, in play and you know the one thing i think that our society misses out on is I think sometimes we outscience ourselves. you know um, we we try to bring so much science and data in that it ends up stalling us and now we forget the we forget the factor that there's a huge mental component right you know I think back to the, exactly. four, the four minute mile you know all the science and all the data said that you cannot break the four it is humanly it is physically impossible to break the four minute mile and Roger Banner comes around, and he ends up breaking the four-minute mile. And what happened after he did it? Within a few months, if I remember right, uh, uh, you know, the guy from, I can't remember his name, but the guy from Australia ended up breaking it uh, as well. And yeah. then uh, the, uh, the, the, the guy from uh, Kansas, I, I'm sorry, I can't think of their names right now. But, and, and now, if, you know, if you're, especially if you uh, have, have desires to be a professional, uh, you know, distance runner, I mean, if you don't run a four-minute mile, I mean, that's, like, sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, right. you're not even in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... You know, that, that's just an example from back in the day where we outscienced ourselves, you know, and we forget about the science of, of, of the mind. And I think that's what I think that's one of the most uh, exciting things about sports is when a kid, uh, you know, they, they you know, they, they see like, all right, well, this is your limitation. And that kid's like, you know what? All right. Fine. If that you can tell me that's what my limitation is, but I'm still going to push it. I'm fine if I don't reach that. I'm fine if I don't exceed that. What you have just told me my limitation is but I'm still going to fight for it. Why would I not? Like I always tell kids is like, you know, you want to shoot for a hundred percent in a class because if you fall a little bit short, you still got a 95 or whatever. You still got an A. Whereas if you just shoot for an A, you shoot for that 90% and you fall a little bit short, well, you got a B. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, you're all, you should, you know, have the mentality that to, to, to set high goals and things like that. And it's okay to fail. And I think that's what our society has not taught us very well, that it's okay to fail. Failing's not failing. Failing's only failing if you let it be a fail. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like looked at it to learn. I mean, was it 10,000 ways or 10,000 screw-ups before Edison invented the light bulb? You know what I mean? Like, if, if we approached our lives like that, where it's like, you know what? You know, my coach says it's, it's impossible for me to do this. Well, I'm going to go for it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to at least try. It's a, a great book that I've read and I recommend to a lot of people. It's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And it, in a nutshell, talks about two things. There's the fixed mindset and there's the growth mindset. Fixed mindset is, is excuse me, a fixed mindset says that, you know, this is who I am, this is how I've always been, and this is the way I'm going to be, okay? The growth mindset says, you know, there might be limitations. There are limitations, certainly. There are limitations to, 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 to myself and to a human, but I'm not going to worry about those. I'm going to work as hard as I can at this, and maybe I exceed expectations or maybe I meet expectations, but it doesn't really matter because I always know that there's always going to be something for me. Like I always tell my kids, you know, the people who uh, you know, believe things are going to work out in the end, things work out in the end. It's not for a lack of trial or struggle or anything like that, but it's the same thing uh, uh, you know, in life. You know, we come in here and there's 
there's a, a lot of days are going to be hard workouts, but we know that, you know, after those workouts, I'm going to be stronger. And right. if, if that's not the case, or excuse me, if that's, if that's the case for what we do in the weight room and what we do out on the field or out on the court or something like that, how is that not just as true in, in, in life, you know? Right. I mean, we're going to be faced with trials and things like that. And I think that's the beauty. We already talked about this, but I think that's the beauty of having people around you, having good people around you. To Huge. Walk alongside you, to push you, or to, you know, tell you to come along. And I think that's, if we can get a little bit more into that mentality, I think, you know, we can, we can do a lot, of, a lot of things here. I mean, records are made to be broken, right? People always think that, that oh, that record right. will never be touched. And then it is, and it's yep. and destroyed, too, you know. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> right. And that's, that's the beauty of sport. You know, that's the beauty of, of life, too, is just uh, those, those little shining moments when, uh, when something happens you, that nobody ever expected to happen, and it ends up being something pretty special. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And what, what do you tell these student-athletes if, if you have one who thinks they can't do something, say in the weight room, they think they can't do it, but you know they can? Yeah. What are, what are you telling them? If you are, is it just like, hey, you got to figure it out, like you said, trial and error. You got to figure it out on your own up here mentally, or, or are you kind of around these guys saying, hey, you can do it if it's like a one rep max or something. Yep. They don't think they can. What, what are you telling them? I mean, for every person is different. You got to try to get to know the, the, the person, right? Uh, you know, and, and so I think that's the, that's, the, that's the first answer I'll tell you. And sometimes it's like, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's so many different ones out there. I can't give you, but you know, sometimes. Yeah, I bet there's yeah, all sorts that, uh, you know. I, I, can, I can think of uh, one gal I was working with, and uh, you know, she was doing a snatch. She was doing a hang snatch, and um, she struggled to struggle to get it. I knew she could get it, and I think she probably knew she could get it too. She just wasn't getting it. Yeah. So her, her, her uh, so I, I just pulled her aside. You know, her team is still working out. I pulled her aside. I just looked at her. I said, I said, get it or don't. It doesn't matter. Just go and give your best effort. I'll and who it. cares what happens in the end? If you go up there with a with a pouty attitude like, oh, you know, this, this is hard. It shouldn't be this hard. I'm like, you're right. It shouldn't be this hard. But right now, today, it is. Yeah. So who cares? Go and try. See what happens. If you don't get it, I'm still going to like you. If you do get it, I'll like you the same. Just go there and give your best effort. So she went up, stepped up. She got it. She got Bingo. done. It was kind of like, uh, like. Like, oh, I'm glad I got it, but I'm pissed that it took me so long to get it. You know, but uh, that's all I needed. Yeah, you know, but I mean, she's she's a phenomenal person, you know, and she's gonna end up being a doctor. I'm like, heck yeah, I'll send people to her. I mean, because yeah. you know, just her mentality. I mean, she has far exceeded her, you know, what I would think people would tell her genetic potential was. And so, you know, like I said, every person's a little bit different, you know, and you just gotta. I think that's where coming down to what I like to call relational leadership comes into play. You get to know your athletes, you get to know how they tick and what their, what their goals are, what their why are. And that circles back to, you know, me finding their purpose and passion in life. Cause once you find that, you know, you can help them ride the wave, so to speak. You know, when you know what they, what, what they, their goals are, what their passion is, is like then fall in line with that. You know, I think too often, you know, that they're, you know, we, we, we try to, establish our goals and passions for people you know what i'm saying yeah now i mean we all have similar goals i mean whatever sport you're doing you're i mean my intention with every sport that we have and when i put together my annual plan for for workouts we're gonna we're gonna go to and win the national championship that is my plan every single time and that's how i set up my programs no matter where you're at wherever we're at maybe that's that's what we're going for now until i'm proven otherwise that's gonna be my my intention going forward and I think that needs to be the goal of everybody, or you know, the, the, the long-term goal. But now we get back down to the details that we talked about with Wooden. You know, break things down into smaller, smaller segments and things like that. But, but again, when you break things down to those smaller segments, you know, one of those smaller segments is having a good workout. You know, so I find out what's your why. Well, what do you want to do? Well, you know, I want to play professional baseball. Okay. Well, how are you going to play professional baseball? A, B, C, D, and E. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So now we figure that out, and now that helps me to maximize your time in here because I know what you want. You know, maybe, you know, you're not going to play professional baseball. You have no desire to play professional baseball, but still, this is a time that you get to develop relationships with other people. I mean, there's so many different, so many different ways to, uh, to look at it. But again, I think you find a person's why you find their passion and that, uh, that, that helps you because now you're helping them with, with yeah. life, you know, like rather that. than trying to dictate, dictate everything, you know, it's, it's, it's not a control thing. I don't have to have control over everybody. That's not my, that's not yeah. my purpose or anything like that, but you find out what they want. I mean, there are, there are non-negotiables. Yeah. And my not non-negotiables is we tell the athletes or the ABCs attitude coming here with the attitude to, to work and to get better, you know, uh, be, be prepared. You know, that, that you have the right clothes on, you have your workout card, you're ready to go. C is communicate. You got an injury or you've got a concern or you got a question, then, then come ask and that's okay. 
And then the S is service, you know, help the person next to you. If you, if you, if you work on helping the people next to you, whether that's uh, reiterating the technique that we're teaching you or, or being a motivator or holding somebody accountable, then, uh, you know, that's going to reciprocate back onto you at some point as well. And I think, I think if we do those, those four things right there, that's, that's going to, you know, that falls in line with, I would, anybody's purpose or passion in life, you know, and all that stuff, uh, 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 you know, starts working together and, and we can raise the level of, uh, of the individual, we raise the level of the team and raise the level of this, uh, this program. Now, are, are those like your four, three or four like rules and expectations in the weight room? Yep. Or do you have more to that list? Or are those just the four main I mean, ones that's what we focus on? Yeah, those are the four main ones that's what yeah. we focus on. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, certainly there's, there's things that fall underneath that, right. you know, but, right. uh, um, but yeah, so it's the, those right are the things we try to try to remind kids to do, and and those are the non-negotiables, you know. So yeah. it's you know, and when, when somebody does not fall in line with those, you know, it doesn't. I think you can be accountable without being, you know, a jerk about it. Right. Uh, but because uh, I think accountability can can be it's, it's tough anyway at times. So yeah, for sure, <laughs> for yeah. sure. So well, I'm soaking this all in, Shotty. I don't know about you, but this is uh, this is a lot of good stuff that I'll be writing down and yeah. just keeping right up here for sure. Oh yeah. So my last two questions I personally had kind of go just in a completely different direction. Uh, so two questions here. First, what's your take on you know parents, especially nowadays, wanting their kids to become a single sport athlete as early as middle school, and it's one sport and that's all you're going to focus on because you're going to get a scholarship to wherever and, and get your academic paid for and maybe what are the importance of playing multiple sports if you feel that way and secondly this is something completely random and kind of funny but let's hear it are combines overrated to you like when an nfl combine the media is all over it he put up this much weight this many times he can jump this high if it's if it isn't overrated, what are scouts getting out of that, and and do you think that's a judge of a, a good player or something that's going to be future, uh, for their future? Are they, can you tell from a combine? Good question. Good question. Um, well, I guess since that's the one we just talked about, we'll uh, we'll start with that one first. But uh, I think um, the combine is helpful. Uh, I will say, for you know, from a basketball standpoint, Kevin Durant couldn't bench one eighty five for one rep. But he seems to have done all right for himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, done I mean, all right. You know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you look at some of those, and, and they are important. Now, people and media focus so much on the numbers, and that's not what scouts look at. I mean, they do. They pay attention to that. I mean, you can't be a, you can't be a wide receiver running a 5 40 I mean, that's just not going to work out for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. even if you're uh, a possession receiver, you know, like you got to be able to have the ability. But you know, a lot of the times, what you look at is, you know, you look at the the, the lateral agility, uh, the pro agility for for football or uh, you know basketball is the reactive shuttle. Uh, that's their pro agility, and you look at that, and it's it's their ability to to change direction. It's their ability to bend. That's what really really what you're looking at. You just want to see if the kid can move. And right. they can move athletically, and that's that's really what a lot of them uh, are looking for, you know. It's and more of an, an eye test rather yeah. than a result. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's why you know, I mean, some some people get so caught up in the the forty yard dash, which is important. I mean, golly, if I've got if I've got two wide receivers and they're equal across the board in every facet, and one runs a four five and the other runs a four three, well, I'm going to tell you which one I'm going to take. I'm going to take the guy who runs a four three because he's going to get five, you know, five, three, four, five more yards separation than the other guy. Right. You know, but there's there's more to that too because you get a kid who runs a a four three forty for his combine day, but then all of a sudden he's got no work ethic in practice. You know, so he's running a four six every day in practice while his quarterback gets used to throwing a four six, throwing a you know throwing a, 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 a post route to a guy running a 4-6, and then you get to game time, and all of a sudden the kid runs the 4-3 like he's capable of doing. The ball gets underthrown, gets picked off, and everybody's like, bad quarterback. Well, not bad quarterback, bad receiver, you know? Yeah. So I think uh, it kind of goes back to, you know, what we talked about before, uh, you know, as far as them maximizing their their, their skills. So, again, you got to look at that. I know when scouts come and talk to me about athletes, they, they ask the numbers because they're important. You don't want a kid who's – you know, can't run or can't move or can't, has no strength. And, and if, you know, I mean, if, if, if a kid lacks strength in a certain area, they want to know why. Well, why does the kid, you know, yeah. not have a good bench press? Why is, why is their squat so much different than their bench? You know, and then obviously you can go into those details and things like that. So it does, it does kind of open up some, some questions. But, uh, 
you know, I remember the the uh, um, the Indianapolis Colts came and visited quite a few years ago, and uh, um, their sports science staff did, and and uh, and their strength coaches, and they were talking about that, and they didn't. They were talking about how they didn't draft based just on the numbers. They drafted on productivity. You know, I mean, if if a kid runs a again a, a four three, but you know they've got 20 catches on the year there's something to be Something's said about that watching the film isn't there yeah so that yeah, the, goes back to what we we're saying there but right the iq of the game yeah. as yeah. well you got to be able to got to be able to play you know yep. i mean if you can throw heat but it doesn't uh, stay over the plate it doesn't really matter right you know so uh but back to the other question then uh um yeah i i, I that, that that frustrates me the personally because of um you know specializing too early for a couple different reasons i mean over the years, I've seen so many more, you know, kids coming into college that had Tommy John, you know, and we're talking about 20, 30 years ago, Tommy John didn't happen until somebody who'd been playing in the major leagues for a number of years. Right. You know, well, why is that happening? Well, a lot of people think it's because of, you know, high pitch counts, counts when you're, you're younger or something like that. Or sometimes, you know, in order to get the competitive advantage, coaches start teaching kids how to do change-ups, you know, too early. And their bodies haven't even developed, and now you're putting all yeah. that stress on the 11-year-old throwing uh, curveballs all the time yeah, or I'm whatever saying, it yeah, may be. That's, that's insane, you know, uh, to, to do that, you know. And, and, and what's it really for, you know? is it Are you really getting the kid a better, you know? I, I've, I've yet to listen to any one of our baseball coaches that have said that they're watching this 11-year-old play, <laughs> play baseball, you know. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, you know, getting yourself to that to high school where you are in a recruitable age because, I mean, you really can't recruit anybody until they're ninth grade anyway. So, uh, but, you know, I, so I, I think, I think there's a lot of injuries that are happening a lot younger because uh, of that. And, and with that too, even though I'm in the strength conditioning field, I think some people are, are putting kids in and uh, starting having them work out too early as well. You know, I mean, I've got, like I said, I got five kids and, um, they like working out. Um, but I never make them, you know, and, uh, uh it's, it's up to them, you know, I, at the same time as they start they're all in middle school right now or, or elementary but as they start getting into high school i mean if you're gonna play a sport then the expectation is you do follow through with what you're supposed to do and so that's weightlifting so at some point it will be a you know a mandatory thing but uh but the other thing that ends up happening is you get a kid who's played baseball since they're six eight years old and they're made to play or whatever they play so many innings of baseball also they get to college and you know they're no longer the best player on the team because that's right. what college is. College is everybody's best player on the team Yeah, coming to one. And so now all of a sudden it's not as easy for them. Things don't come as easy. And it's like there's burnout. competition yeah. there. There's competition and, and burnout happens. You, know, you get a lot of kids that have come in. And I can think of a kid uh, that he came in and he just, he said, you know, I'm doing this because my parents want me to do it. And uh, hmm. he's like, I have zero desire to play this sport. And, I'm doing it because they tell me to and because I get a scholarship. Well, that's too bad. You know, it's too bad that, uh, that they, they feel that way. So I think burnout happens a little too early. Like my son, my, my 11-year-old, for example, he, uh, his, his sports that he likes doing are, are football and taekwondo. And um, I asked him if he wanted to do wrestling this year, and, and he said he didn't because, you know, he likes football and taekwondo. And so I just kind of pointed out that it's like, well, wrestling – Taekwondo wrestling yeah. is football. There are some there are some similarities. Is, is it the exact same thing? Well, no, of course it's not the exact same thing, but there are some crossovers. And, you, you know, some you similarities. See, yeah, you can see the gears turning in, in his head and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I can see how, you know, how, how how there is some similarities. And so it's like you can still do, you know, multiple sports and maximize the one that you want to do. So all of a sudden you get into high school and you know maybe. Instead, maybe you don't do all three. I don't know. Maybe you do three. You do two. I mean, I can think of a kid I went to high school with, and and uh, they tried to get him to do four, run track as well as play baseball, football, <laughs> basketball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, but uh, um, but you know, you're less likely to burn out because you, you know, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know? Right. And uh, I think uh, I think kids need to to recognize that there are some value. I mean, because for the most part, you know, every sport moves in the same patterns you know what i'm saying you have to move forward you have to move backwards side side angle angle you have to rotate i mean there are certainly some that uh that cross over a little bit better than others but uh, like i said i mean it's there's truly is some cross training involved you know if you're if you're a fall sport athlete you know depending on uh 
uh, you know, what state you're in. Sometimes soccer's in the fall and sometimes it's in the spring. But if you play soccer, it's a fall sport and, and you don't have a spring sport, why would you not play or why would you not run track? Right. Is, is speed not of value? Of course, you know. If you don't have a winter sport and you're, you play soccer, why would you not play basketball? Is there not value in lateral movement? Of course there is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, and, and it just reduces the... Um, uh, the, the potential for burnout and uh, and, and using the, the body in the exact same way over and over and over again. I know there's people out there that are probably listening to me right now and saying, well, there's, you know, repetition is a key to learning. You do the same thing over and over and over again. You're going to develop a better skill set. Well, 100% agree. But again, if you're really good at, you know, doing one skill very well, what good is it if you don't want to do it? Because right. you're all burnt out. Right. So... From doing it so many yeah. times, I think you got to find that fine that fine line, you know. And you know, parenting stuff, you know, I don't. I might be the only parent in this room right now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough because you wanna you want your kids to uh, to maximize what they do, and uh, you know, I'm not, I don't, I, I. The only thing I tell my kids is that whatever you choose to do, do it to the best of your ability. You know, and that's that's what's most important to me, you know, and to finish it out. So if you try something new and you don't like it, that's fine. Finish it out, though, because you never you never know, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I'll, I, I won't point out which one it is. But one of my kids uh, <laughs> tried to try to sport and it was really hard for them at first. And they came back and the first few weeks, they multiple times. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't want to keep doing this. Well, fast forward to the end of the season, their skill set started getting a little bit better. And they're like, I kind of like it, you know? So to force them to not bail too early, you know, may have saved them from, uh, quitting something. Yeah. Really something they would have. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Probably 99% of the population says that when they first try golf, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, the lifelong sport, you know? yep. but yeah, it, that's, uh, very good stuff. Very good stuff. And then um, with that, all that being said, we'll bounce back to Concordia. Uh, coming to Concordia, uh, what are you most excited for? And is there maybe an opportunity here that Concordia provides that you might not have had at any of the other schools you were at? Well, I think what, what excites me is, is uh, continuing to get established you know, here. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff is is new to the, to the athletes because I know uh, it didn't sound like there's a whole lot of Olympic movements being done before I got here. And so that's something that, uh, uh, that we've incorporated a lot. And so it's taking some time to, to teach the athletes and, and break those down. So I'm, I'm excited to see as they're, as they're, they're patiently, uh, you know, allowing us to teach them how to do, uh, do these, these movements, there will come a point where all of a sudden it clicks, you know, it clicks for them and, you know, it'll be, I, I love, that's, that's one thing that I love seeing too, is like all of a sudden you're working with a kid, you know, you might be, you're trying to teach them how to do a clean, for example. And, you know, every time they come in, it's week after week after week. And it's there, it's a struggle. Just, you know, they're, they're, they're not quite getting it. It's not quite clicking. It's a very difficult exercise, but all of a sudden everything comes to a head and boom, they get it. And just seeing the look on their face in the middle of a rep, they're just like shocked, excited, <laughs> You know, and, and, and when they get done, you know, there's a big old smile on their face. In fact, uh, I saw him walking by earlier, but uh, <laughs> but Bruno, one of our uh, track athletes, says, uh, I, th- I think it was a clean or a snatch we were doing, and, and just seeing his face uh, light up in the middle of a rep because it finally clicked for him was, was, a, was a pretty awesome uh, uh, moment. So uh, so I'm excited about that, excited to see how, uh, you know, kids start to, to um, grow from the, the workouts that we're putting them through. And, uh, and and become better because like I like I tell uh, you know kids on, on the recruiting visits and parents as well you know I mean hopefully when all said and done when they leave here that they uh, leave a better man or a better woman because we've intentionally tried to develop the, uh, their leadership we've intentionally tried to invest in them and uh, but at the same time I also hope 10 15 20 years from now they bring their little tykes back here and <laughs> they can uh, point up to that banner that mommy or daddy was a uh, was a part of and you know, hopefully it's multiple championship banners we want to see that for all of our sports no so, doubt I mean I'm, I'm a competitor I love winning I do not like losing you know <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and 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 I want uh, I want them to be able to come back and have that uh, uh, that that excitement because they won uh, championships but uh, they also again, I uh, can look back at this the way I think we, a lot of us look back on our college careers and just uh, the, the, the good people that have come alongside us to, to, to bring us to uh, a, a better place. So, And then uh, I forgot what the other part you said, asked was. 
Oh, it, it was just um, just an opportunity that Concordia might have uh, that you're excited about that maybe um, other schools didn't have. Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, this is, I guess, more on a personal basis. Yeah. But like I said, just uh, getting getting my family closer to, to home was... For sure. You know, that's something that, uh, you know, my, my wife was such a, a sweetheart to let me move her just about everywhere in the country except for home. And, right. uh, you know, to, to, to finally have that opportunity. And uh, it was, we, we didn't want to come to, you know, our, our, our intention was never to come back to, you know, the Minnesota area just to come back. You know, we wanted to right. be a good fit. We wanted to feel like it was going to be a place that was home. And so, um, you know, when I came out here for my interview, uh, you know, in the first part of July or I guess end of June is what it was, but um, I was interviewing them maybe more than they were interviewing me because <laughs> I wanted to come to a place that, that has a passion to win championships. You know, I don't want to come to a place that's satisfied with mediocrity. I don't like that. I can't, I can't, I could not handle that. I couldn't come to a place that, that was happy with being 500, you know? Right. And, but I also couldn't come to a place that was only worried about that, you know, only worried about the wins and losses because the reality is we're going to have kids for four, four, maybe five, the occasional six years. Uh, but, uh, you know, when they, when they leave here, they, there's still another 60, 70, whatever years of life. And if we're so focused on the four to six years, golly, we've done such a huge disservice to these student athletes because less than 1% will go on to play professionally in their, in their given sport. So if that's all we're focused on, if we're just focused on the, the wins and losses, Man, what a huge disservice to the student athlete! What a huge disservice to their family! And what a huge disservice to, to society as a whole! You know, we, we we really should be putting time and effort, and that's what I appreciate about Concordia St. Paul. They do put time and effort into the the, the person as well, because that's truly the one that's going to impact. Because even if you go on to play a, a Hall of Fame All Pro career, you know, unless you're Adam Vinatieri, who's <laughs> forty five or whatever he is now, I mean, but how many how many athletes? You know, there's athletes that play into their thirties that. And that's it. And they're done. And they were considered the best in their sport. There's a lot of life after that. There's a lot of life after professional sports as well. So if that's, if that's the only thing we focus on, like, you know, what are you going to do now? And right. I think, and, and, and personally, not to dive too deep into a very hot topic, but uh, I, think, I think there's a lot of depression that happens with that as well. You know, you, you, take, a, you take a person who, I mean, you think about it, when you guys finished out your careers, I mean, all of a sudden, I remember, I remember that first week or two when I was done. I was like, sweet, I'm done. Like, I no longer have anything in the yep, afternoon. Exactly. Yeah, I, I nobody's telling me what to eat, what to lift. You know, it's like you got all, you finally you got all that stuff off your back. But then all of a sudden, you know, a few weeks go by and you're like, dang, nobody's holding me accountable for my academics. Yeah. Nobody's, you know, pushing me or motivating me or all those things. You're like, you lost a huge chunk of your, your support system when you're done with athletics and it's that's hard that's hard to do because now all of a sudden it's you and that's it for the most part you know and and uh not only that but you think about college athletics you know i'll just speak from football from since that's what i played but it's like on average every other weekend you're going on a road trip with all your friends that's right. being paid for by somebody else. <laughs> I mean, how much, how much better does that get? I mean, and like we already talked about early on, it's like, that's what I remember. I remember the, uh, those times and stuff like that, you know, horse around on the bus and then, and, and going out to eat and all that kind of stuff with, with your friends. But all of a sudden you get all that stuff taken away from you. You no longer have that anymore. And I talked to one of my teammates from, he lives out in Colorado now and he came by and visited, uh, when I lived out in Detroit and they told me, he said, he said, man, Eric, you're lucky. I said, why is that? He's like, you still get to, to be around the, the guys, you know, and uh, I'm like, and, and he, he's like, it's it's different in the in the professional world. You know, it's a, you know, you're still. I mean, even though it's not my teammates that I'm around, it's still similar people and stuff like that. And he said it's it, it's different for him in a in a different environment where it's it's not the same. It's not your it's not your guys that you grew up with. You know, right? But uh, anyway, so I, I think I mean, that's a huge. I, I'd imagine you guys could testify to that as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You, exactly. I mean, I, the biggest thing I've noticed, like you said, I mean someone's job in college like yourself was to keep me in shape and tell me exactly how to stay in shape and now that I'm out I have to start thinking about my diet <laughs> and how to uh balance it healthily and now I have to go to a lifetime fitness and make my own uh what I feel best is a workout plan for myself so it, you know, it changes just you take it for granted a little bit and once you get out in the real world it's, you're on your own and it's uh can be a reality check for some people for sure so I 
completely agree with that. Yeah, there's not that uh, you know you, you leave you leave school as a student athlete, and there's not that mandatory three times, four times a week lift. Yeah, yeah. You know Every where where you got to go, and you're with the team, and you're part of a culture, and and whatnot. Yeah, then you go to the real world, and it's it's on you. And that's and the, the the notoriety sometimes too you know, on campus. You're known as a baseball player or track or football or whatever, and uh, you know so you get out there and yeah, you. Not quite as cool as you thought you were, <laughs> right? You know? So it's a uh, right, and uh, you know you just uh, just it's like almost your freshman year all over again. Where you're just uh, another one, another another yeah. person. Little, so. little fish in a big pond. Yep. Little yep. fish in a big pond, but you know that's uh, like you're saying. That's, that's the the beautiful thing about being a student athlete. Yeah. You know, yep. being in a sport while you're at a university and you know going to school and um, and whatnot. But very cool. But yeah, I think I took. Like Port mentioned earlier, you took a ton out of that. Uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Obviously, a very busy schedule, keeping keeping all the athletes uh, up to where they should be. So we appreciate your time and uh, look forward to keeping in contact with you. Sounds Eric, good. thank you very much. Yes, that, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so yep. much. Yep, no problem. All right, Golden Bear family, thank you for tuning in again to our CSP Bears podcast. That wraps up Episode 2. And remember, you can listen to and follow our podcast on the CSP Bears website, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app, the list goes on. And we are also sponsored by Buzzsprout. So thanks again. Port and Shoddy are out. And stay golden, my friends.